Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. So we still have our boat. What boat is this? <laughs> Besides that, Peter. <laughs> it's the boat to the other side. The boat of faith, right? Um, we looked at stories of Jesus where he's always saying, we're going to the other side. Who wants, who wants in the boat? Who wants to the other side? Okay. We're still talking about that, but it's going to be very different. We're, this is, um, I'm really excited about this word. And in, in a sense, it's the same word. And in another sense, it couldn't be more different than what we talked about last week. Um, I want to start by um, reading a scripture here in Mark uh, chapter 4 and verse 30. This is Jesus saying, so we've, we're in a whole series of the culture of the kingdom, right? And this is Jesus talking about his culture. And he says, then he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds of the earth. But when it is sown, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So this is a picture he's chosen to tell us something about the culture of his kingdom. Today we're going to talk about seeds. Is that okay? Does that sound good? Okay. Um, and actually I'm feeling like I, should, I need to skip to something really quick. Let's just define it before we even say anything else. What is a seed? And I'm talking biblically. Okay, you know what a seed is, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you because I, I just decided I want you to start with this understanding as we move through everything. A seed is a promise and an opportunity that he gives you because he wants to bless you, because he loves you. I'm just going to say that one more time. A seed is a promise and an opportunity that he gives you. It's a gift. Because he loves you and he wants to bless you. Is that fair? Okay, that's a seed. So um, just a couple of things from last week because I want to kind of get our mind back on, on where we were. Um, what is the currency of the kingdom? Faith. Faith, you got it. Faith, it's what you have to spend, right? It's what he gives you. It comes from him and it's what you have to step out in that for the, for the glory of his kingdom. There's no other currency. The world has a different currency, okay? <laughs> but his currency is the faith that he gives you, okay? Last week, I just want to put you back into the mindset of this boat. Last week, we looked at Peter, right? Peter's in this boat, and Jesus comes walking out across the water. And what does Peter do? Basically, I want to say it like I said here. Basically, he says, Lord, give me an opportunity to increase my faith. Isn't that what he says? If you're Lord, ask me to come out to you. And um, is the Lord pleased by that request? I think he is because he, reward, he says, come, come on. That's your desire? Come on, come on out on the water with me, right? And there's a whole growing experience there. Um, go with me to Mark 4 and verse 24, and then we'll start jumping in after this. Here it says, then he said to them, this, okay, so this was a kingdom principle that we remember last week I said, I'm going to give you a kingdom principle. Here it is, and we're going to see this today. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, here it is, whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Y'all remember talking about that? Okay, good. Um, I'm just going to leave that alone, and I want to jump into the meat, and before we're done, you're going to see how that, that powerfully speaks into what I think the Lord wants to give you today. So go with me to Hebrews 11 and verse 8. And as you're turning there, okay, this is a passage where um, this is God's perspective on Abraham and Sarah, okay? This is how he sees them, 
the way they're living, the way they're stewarding what he's given them to do, okay? And so here in verse 8, it says, by faith, how? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's a faith, huh? He's been called to, to leave his land and go out, and he doesn't even know where he's going, okay? Not knowing where he's going. But by faith, he dwelt, listen to these words, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I've got to break that a little. I've got to bust that apart a little. You notice what, the, what that said. It's saying he's living in tents. So he's out in this obedience, still doesn't quite know where he's going. He's living in tents, and it tells us why. Did you catch why he's living in tents? Obedience? He's waiting on God, right? He's waiting on God. He's not willing to settle where, he at, where he's at because he has a promise. Okay, you can almost hear the naysayers. Can you, can you picture like people seeing him? It wouldn't have just been him. It would have been his whole family, his whole clan, right, are with him. And they're out, they're in these tents. And you can just hear people saying, why don't you build yourself a house or something? <laughs> I mean, you've been here a while. Uh, wouldn't it be easier? And you can just hear Abraham saying, no, I'll take the tent because I'm not settling here. I'm on, the, I'm on my way to a promise, Right? I'll keep the tent. And you just hear him going, okay, but you look a little silly in the tent. Right? But he's, he's where he's at. <laughs> because he has faith in the promise that there's, there's a promise coming where the foundations, where what they build is not some house wherever it's at. It's going to be foundations where the builder is God. And that's what he's going to have. Right? So he stepped out in seeds. I just want you to know, we're already talking about seeds, okay? God gave him a seed. You know why I call it a seed? It's not, you recognize, it's not the full-blown tree, okay? All the answers aren't there. He doesn't, he, most of the time, he has no idea what, what God's really walking him toward. He doesn't even know where he's going. That's a seed. Can anybody relate? <laughs> is God calling you to something in your life now or he's done it in the past where you've got a seed? You know you're supposed to step even though you really don't have a great idea where you're headed. Anybody had scary seeds? Anybody in a scary seed right now? <laughs> That's a seed. Okay. Now, I want to continue reading, and what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to make this a little painful on you. We're going to continue there and read verse 11. I'm not going to say anything about it, and then we're going to return to it at the end, okay? I just want it to kind of plague you for a while. <laughs> Here's verse 11. By faith, now we're going to talk about God's perspective on Sarah, okay? By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Okay. Okay. Actually, I should read the next verse. I've sensed this. Therefore, therefores are very big. From one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. That's what God sees over Sarah's part in this. Okay? Okay. What's a seed? We said it already. You still remember? A promise and an opportunity that he gives you because he loves you, because he wants to bless you, okay? He gives you the seed, and you choose what to do with it. Now, what I'm going to do next, I'm just, we're going to do this really fast, so put your running shoes on. We're going to lay a biblical foundation for um, a biblical understanding of seed, 
Okay, and to do this, we're going to go all the way back to Genesis and we're going to make um, four or five things that you should know about seed and what it means in truth in your life, what it, what it is scripturally um, in God. Not just an apple. No, that's an apple seed you got right there. This is God's understanding of seed. So start with me in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11. Okay, right in the first chapter of the Bible. It says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself. Notice that even in fruit, the seed for multiplication is already in itself, okay? Already in itself, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay, so what did we just learn? What did that tell us to start to, to get a handle on seed? Seed is God's epic plan for the accomplishment of his will. Seed, seed, provides the fruitfulness to accomplish everything God wants to accomplish. You see that? In other words, we could say that's his way. That's his culture. He does it with seed. Is that fair enough? Are we good? Give me a nod if we're good and that makes sense. Okay. All right. Then go with me to Genesis 3 and verse 14. I know we're cruising, but it's because I really want to slow down in the word that God has for you this morning. Genesis 3.14. Here it says, so here's what we're doing here. This is in the curse. Right after the fall, God is issuing the consequences or the curse of what happened to Adam, to Eve. But here specifically, this is his curse upon Satan, upon the enemy. Okay? And here's what it says. This is loaded with truth. It says, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Now listen, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Did you hear that? Do you know what we just heard? The battle... God's epic will, his plan, the battle is, is fought, won, and develops with seed. You hear that? Okay. You may also take note that um, the enemy has seed. Okay. He's also trying to offer you seeds. Okay. I'm not going to make a big deal out of that because I'm not that impressed with the enemy's seeds and I'm really impressed with God. Okay, so but just notice that that's part of the battle that's going on here. Okay, it's with seed that the battle is fought, won, developed, that God's history, his plan is developing with seed. Okay, go to Genesis 4 and verse 25. Here it says, And Adam knew his wife again, so let me just tell you, let me give you a little context. This is after Cain kills Abel, God's seed to carry his plan forward, Abel, okay? So, and it says, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as, um, as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. I know I'm moving fast, but I just, I need to. So I'm going to tell you what we just read. When God gives you a seed and we totally mess it up <laughs> because of sin or whatever, he replaces the seed. He's perfectly capable. Okay, it's just a little piece of good news here, and we're going to kind of see it later. Okay, God is, God's will is his will. His plans are his plans. He never thought you would be capable to get it right all the time, only in his Holy Spirit, only by his empowerment. So he will give you seeds. He will give you wonderful, what is it, opportunities. 
He will give them to you, and when you blunder them, he always has a plan to replace the seed because his will is his will. His word does not return void over you. Amen? Is that good news? We see it right there. Now, I'm telling you, if I had lots of time, if you were going to stay with me all day, we could go all kinds of places in his book and we would find tons and tons of places where, where he keeps replacing the seed like he just did. But every pattern for every truth, everything that is true about the nature of God, you will find in the book of Genesis. It's the, everything true about God, every pattern, every truth, every way of his is in Genesis, and that's what we just saw, okay? Okay, I've got two more. Genesis 22 and verse 15 you see, each of these are important because they lay a foundation for what is seed. What are we talking about when we really dig in, in the gold God wants you to go home with? 22.15, here it says, um, so this is, this is um, the conversation between Abraham and God when God tells him to sacrifice Isaac. Okay, that's where we're at here. And here it says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn. You see, you, you sense that's promise, right? I've sworn. Says the Lord, Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, listen, here's blessing, here's promise. Blessing I, I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. There's a couple of things I want to show you here about seed. First of all, um, so w what did we say? It's, it's opportunity, right? It's a gift, it's an opportunity. It's something to step in in faith. He gives it to you. And it's, we just read in this passage that um, because you've obeyed, okay, because you've stepped, because you got in the boat, or really in Peter's case, because you got out of the boat when you're out in the middle of the storm, and to walk to me, okay, in obedience is the release of his ability to, to, to release the blessing, the promise that goes with the seed he gave you. Did you hear that? Obedience releases the blessing on the promise that he gave you with the seed. Seed is always promise. It's opportunity with promise. <laughs> Amen? Is that true? Is, I mean, do you even see in the natural scientific world how a seed is promise? It's nothing on its own. And you understand you can't grow it. You can try. You can put it in your hand and go, <laughs> or you can plant it. And the truth is you can plant it. You, you can plow, plant, water, nurture, but you cannot make the seed grow, right? Okay, it's, it's true about God's seeds too. And in fact, you gotta, he gives you seed and you say, okay, you give it back to him, right? Um, in another place in John 12, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, unless a seed falls and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Right. I'm gonna kind of leave that alone. That was for somebody. Okay, one more. One more, and I promise we'll do really good stuff. Okay, Genesis 47 and verse 16. This is the last kind of foundation I'm going to give you about seed, but this one is so important. You've got to hear this. <clears throat> this is when, okay, um, God's people are in famine because they've, they've strayed from him. They're not really walking correctly. We'll just leave it at that. And so he, is, he loves them enough to have them experience hardship. Okay, so they're in famine, and they're going to Egypt for help. And here in 16, it says, Then Joseph said, Give me your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. Okay, so in other words, this is how they're going to get bread. They're going to give up their livestock to Egypt. Remember, Egypt always represents the world, okay? 
And so they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. Now keep going with me. In verse 18, we really get some insight here. It says, When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. In other words, they, they, don't, they don't have anything else left to trade the world for their bread. And it goes and says, My Lord also has our herds and livestock. In other words, we've already given you that. And there's nothing left in the sight of my Lord, listen, but our bodies and our lands. Do you hear that? There's nothing left for me to sacrifice in order to get bread from the world. We can become slaves and we can give up our inheritance, but that's all that's left. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. You know what you just read? You just read, when you seek your seeds, when you're willing to accept seeds from the world for any price, you are giving away your legal authority in the kingdom of God. When you accept seeds from the world, instead of God's seeds, you'll take the seeds of the world as your provision. You're losing inheritance. You're, you're, you're putting yourself into slavery to the world. <laughs> Thank you. It was really quiet. I know I'm being intense, but now we're going to do good stuff. We're going to do good stuff. Do y'all feel like you got a better handle on a biblical understanding of seed? When you see seed and you're studying your Bible in the future, will you see it the same? Okay, he's always trying to show you something when you're reading about seed. It's his way. It's his plan. It's how he produces fruit. It's what he gives, it's opportunities and promises that he gives you to step in faith with. But you understand, if you hold that seed, <laughs> if you just hoard it, if you just hang on to it, and you don't step in faith with the seed, it will do nothing, right? In fact, that's what I want to do. I want to read um, the parable of the talents. You all know this parable. Go with me to Matthew 25. And verse, we'll start in verse 14. Now, I'm going to challenge you to think of talents as seed, okay? Because really, it's, it's the same thing in this parable. It's what God gives them to step out in faith with, to invest, okay? And just like seed, Okay? So here in verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. So I want you to notice something. Do you just notice, um, right at the beginning of this, notice that there are different measures given to each of them. He doesn't give the same. And just next it says, to each according to his own ability. So I just want you to know, first off, God does not give you more than you can handle. He, lo he knows you. <laughs> he loves according to knowledge. Okay? He gives you the seeds that are yours. He doesn't give you someone else's seeds, although we'll find out later in the story that he, he is perfectly willing for those who reject the blessing that he wants you to have. He'll... He'll transfer it right on and give it to someone else eventually. That can be the outcome. But he loves you. If you ever feel like you have a seed that is just too scary, just too big to go on and get into the boat <laughs> or go on and plan it, just remind yourself that he gives each according to their own ability. He gives exactly out of a, out of a crazy nuts in love with you, knowledge of you, he gives you your seeds. Tell somebody he only gives me my seeds. Okay. And it says, and immediately went on a journey. Verse 16, then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. 
And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So when he had received, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, now listen to this. I want you to hear this, this transaction. Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, so here's the response to that. Well done, good and faithful servant. Listen, you are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Do you see? He was given seeds. God doesn't just make you a ruler over many things. He was given seeds and he was faithful to what? Be skillful enough to handle them or, or work hard enough with them? He was, he was faithful to just step out in faith with them, just make an investment. And he was made ruler over many things. The end result is he is given everything we've been teaching about for a month. He's given the authority of the kingdom of God to reign, to rule over many things. You see that? Now, it goes on um, for the second one. And, and oh, I, I need to say this. Next, he says, enter into the joy of of your Lord. Now we're really going to do this in a minute, but I'm going to put it out there right now. Um, why does He give you the seeds? Let's just keep it simple for now. To bless you. He loves you. That's it. He gives you the seeds because He wants you to enter into His joy. That's it. Tell somebody He wants me to enter into His joy. It always makes me so curious when I hear these giggles and things. I'm thinking, oh, I'm so curious to know what that was. Because <laughs> I know that he's speaking to each of you individually. It makes it so fun and curious. <laughs> okay, verse 22. Now, here's the second one. He says, he also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, I think it's significant that the exact pattern is mentioned twice. The Lord is not being real efficient here. He's, um, he's a little redundant. Okay, because I think he wants you to know that that's the pattern. There aren't like other patterns. <laughs> There's not other ways. This is his way. He gives you seeds because he wants you to have the authority of the kingdom of God. And so therefore, he gives you promises in the form of an opportunity that you can step in faith with so that you can become one who is in the authority of God ruling over many things. Do you know that he wants you to rule over many things? He does. <laughs> he wants you to rule over many things because that is how his will is done in this place. You, in the power of the Holy Spirit, ruling over things, bringing all things under the submission of Jesus' name. He's filling you with that power, and this is how he does it. Amen? Seeds. He gives you seeds. Okay, now let's look how interesting. There's really an insight in here. Now, I know, you look at the first two and you, most of you already know what's going to happen because you've read this before with the third steward. And um, I know that you look at this like, oh, yeah, I, well, obviously I want to be like the first two stewards and I don't want to be like the third one, and so that's what I'll do. But there's great insight here, okay? So, so hone in, like pay attention to these words and go with me, okay? Really, really look at this with everything you've got. In verse 24, it says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. And I looked that up in the, uh, in the Greek, and hard actually means hard. <laughs> Tough. That's it. I was expecting some great insight, but really it's, it's just that he is, I knew you to be tough, 
okay, or hard, <laughs> reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered, scattered seed. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Here's, here's what's great. Everything he said about the Lord is true, if you're thinking of it rightly, Okay? And I'm going to show you where he's right and where he's wrong. And it's important. Let's just recognize for a minute, what did he just say? What, what is a master who reaps where he's not sown or gathers where he didn't even scattered, scatter seed? So what is it? All-powerful. All-powerful, right. In other words, he produces from nothing. There's no risk with the investment that he gives you. It's not like he, like we said before, he can replace the seed. <laughs> His seeds don't run out. If you mess this one up or something, he'll, just, he'll give you another one. And it's not up to you to make the seed grow anyway. It's a seed of promise. His power, his spirit makes the seed grow if you just step with it, with him, right? If you spend the currency of the kingdom, if you spend your faith. And he just said, this is not a guy, this parable doesn't make out this guy as someone who doesn't know the Lord. It says that he knows him. He knows that he's a hard man and he knows that he creates from nothing. He knows him to be a Lord that his will is done no matter what. No matter how bad I stink it up, the Lord's will is done. That's how he knows that of the Lord, right? Okay. And then, so here it is, verse 25 and then we're going to stop and talk about this a minute. It says, and I was afraid, this is the steward talking, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And he's giving it back. You know God gives you seeds. Okay? And what this guy has done is hoard it up, not step in faith, and he's given it back. Okay? Do you think God would ever want you to give your seeds back to him just like he gave them to you? Okay. You, you realize in the economy of the world, this would be really wise. <laughs> Do you recognize that? This would be, this would be considered responsibility. What is this? No, yeah, no risk. I, I'm giving you back. I was a very responsible steward. Here, I know that you'd like me more if I'd made an increase for you, but look, at least I'm responsible. Here's what's yours. In the world economy, we would think that way, but this is not the world economy. This is a Lord who produces from nothing, who didn't, get, listen, who didn't give you the seed because he needed you to do anything with it. He gave it to you because he loves you. He gives you these opportunities. They're, they're for you. They're not for him because you know what's for him? You. <laughs> you are for him. He doesn't need what the seed produces. You need, he wants to bring you into the fulfillment of the joy of stepping in faith with him and producing a harvest. It's not because he, he needs you to produce him a harvest. He wants you to come into the joy of the Lord with him. Amen? Okay. Here's what's yours. Now I want to show you something really powerful, okay? Um, go with me to Exodus 20 and verse 4. Lord bless this. I pray that your, your revelation will go out. This is um, in the commandments, okay? The Lord is speaking to his people. Why, why does he speak to his people and give commandments? Because he loves them. <laughs> because he wants to bless them. So here's what he says. He says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Other places say graven image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Here's what I want to show you. Now listen to me. He's, he's specifically telling them, don't carve out your own image for me. Isn't, is that not what that's saying? Why? Why would he give them that command? 
Because he loves them. <laughs> Don't carve out an image like, is it going to hurt him? Well, in a sense it is because he, he loves them and, and it will pain him greatly. But don't carve out an image for me because I love you. And if you do that, there's dire consequences in the way that you live and the decisions that you make. You see me accurately is what he's saying. Don't make, in, don't make your own image the way you like it. You, you've got to see me as I am. Now I'm going to tell you that this is in the parable we just read. Now listen to me. He says, why was he afraid? Why did he not take the seed and step in faith? He said, because I, I know you to be a hard man, right? Now, what is he thinking? He is a hard man, and the parable shows us that. He ends up pretty harsh in what happens, so he is a hard man, but not the way this guy thinks. His carved image of God is that God is on the edge of his seat waiting for him to mess up with his seeds, okay? His image of God is that, um, is that this is what's got to stop. This is the word God's speaking over this place, this is the healing God wants to give. You understand, he does not give you seeds despite you. Do you know that? He doesn't give you seeds despite you. He didn't die on the cross, get raised to life, get, make you a new creation and fill you with his spirit with great plans for your future despite you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He did it despite sin. Okay? This is where we get it all wrong, church. Listen to me. He did it despite sin. He didn't do it despite you. He did it because of you. He did it because he's crazy about you. He gives you the seeds. You see, it's a graven image. When you make an image of God that he gives you seeds because he needs something or he needs you to increase something for him. That's a graven image. He's a Lord who makes from nothing. He gets, increase, he gets a harvest where he didn't scatter seeds. When you think he's a hard man because he's ready to beat your brow <laughs> because you messed up the stewardship of your seeds, that's a graven image. Amen? That's an image that will keep you from getting in the boat, from, from taking your seeds and stepping in, in, in faith, in another faith and belief in his goodness, in his love over you, that the reason he gave you the seed in the first place is because he's going to increase it, because he loves you. It can be a scary seed, it can be a terrifying seed, or a hard one, or one where you have to ask him, I don't know how to take the first step with this seed, Lord. Show me and I'm good. But it is a graven image of God. It is a false image of him. And that is, that is the place where fear begins. I'm not talking about reverence for the Lord. I'm talking about fear that makes you hoard your seeds and offer it back to him instead of accept the blessing and, and let him turn it into increase. That fear is born at the place that you have a false image of God over you. You see, when you understand that you are his inheritance, that just you individually, not, not this whole church and stuff like that, I'm talking about just you. When you correctly see God as one who is crazy nuts in love with you and only gave you the seed because he wants to bless you and bring you, enter into my joy is his intention. When you see him that way, you can get in the boat, you can take your seeds, you can go in assurance of love. But I'll tell you something, anything in this book, if you interpret anything in this book out of religion instead of love, instead of the love of your Savior, you will have the wrong interpretation. Like the man in this parable. Like the man who says, I know you to be a hard man. Well, if we finish the parable, he is a hard man. He gets a really harsh consequence for offering his seed back to God. <laughs> That's what he's hard over. I love you. I want to bless you. I'm giving you promises and opportunities to step in faith with, to trust that I will bring the increase if you step. Offer it back to him, and he's really hard on that. <laughs> okay, he is hard on that. Why? Because he loves you. <laughs> 
It's all about love. He's not a God who needs anything from you. I know that your life is full of all kinds of people, even people who love you, who slather their needs onto you. And it's part of the love relationship. I need from you some, something. <laughs> that is not the Lord. He doesn't need anything. He gave you the seed and he's going, just step, just get in the boat. <laughs> Plant the seed. You don't, don't be afraid. I'm not a hard man. I'm not going to beat your brow because you don't get this right or something. I have a promise to make the increase yours because I want you to be in my joy. I don't need anything from you. I'm just crazy in love with you. That's it. Um, I think I went off the rails there somewhere. <laughs> okay, um, here's what we're going to do. Um, let's go back to Hebrews 11. Okay, and we're just going to begin to wrap up with this. Hebrews 11, and go um, back to verse 8. We're just going to reread what we read, and I'm going to show you one of the most, I think, one of the most monumental things. The Lord just has a word here in this. In verse 8, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. You know, he has an inheritance that you're in the process of receiving your inheritance. Do you know that? You're a son. You're part of the family. You're not just, um, you're not a, a slave or, or um, just somebody out there. You're the son of God, which means you have inheritance. He's giving you seeds um, that bring you into the planned inheritance he has for you. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be disciplined now. Um, it says, And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now this time we're going to focus on Sarah, okay? By faith, Sarah herself also received strength. <laughs> what did she do? She received strength to conceive seed. Think about the words you just read. It's not just, you understand seed and then conceived seed is like sprouted. It's got, it, life has started out of it, okay? That's conceived speed, seed. She received strength what does that say? Strength to conceive seed. That's a good prayer. Ask God to give you strength to conceive the seeds that he's giving you. Okay? Now I want you to see. And she bore a child when she was past the age. What's it saying? The seeds God's give, God gives you. It's up to him. In other words, it's saying, when it was ridiculous, impossible, made absolutely no sense, she she bared the fruit. She bore the fruit that, that God's will was intended over her. You see, he gives you the seed, and you can, you can look at your seed, and you can go, that does not even make sense. That, do you know me? That's not even possible. Okay? But when it's ridiculous, not even impossible, he supplies. He's the increaser of the seed. And then it says, why? Why, why? How did she have the strength? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. I want to give you a secret. When you begin to look at your relationship with God and the culture of his kingdom, the truth about the inheritance he's trying to give you, when you begin to look at it as, as the seeds that are full of promise, nothing else, other things fail to matter. Okay? You won't look at circumstances or other things like that. It will, become, it will become your focus on his promise. 
And you can have that right interpretation when you understand it's because he loves you, not because he needs something over you. Okay. And that's just the intro. Here's the real thing. The next word is therefore. Okay, you understand that's a really big word. So let, I, I just got to put this out there. So I was trying to think of an example. Um, the book, the, the letter to the church of Rome, okay, Romans, the first 11 chapters are this huge theology of everything. And then chapter 12 says, therefore. <laughs> that's a big therefore. Okay, I want to tell you something. Sarah has a big therefore here. So in other words, you have to remember, we just read about Abraham and all, all of this, these dealings, these seeds that Abraham is being obedient in. Okay, and then here in verse 12, after hearing about Sarah, who conceives this seed because, she, because what? She judged him faithful, <laughs> who had promised over her, over her seeds. It says, therefore, one man, and him as good as dead, against all odds, were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. This is Sarah's therefore. Because she took a seed, because something, an opportunity, a promise that God put in her life, and she went in faith, and she gets a huge therefore. You can't even count the increase that comes out of her seed that God gave her. He wants to make really big therefores in your life. Do you believe that? He does. <laughs> he really does. He wants to make stories like this. He is making stories like this in your life with huge therefores <laughs> because you judge him who's faithful who promises over it not because you think the circumstances align with the seed God's giving you this, this scary or, or crazy thing that he's asking you to step with this opportunity because he wants to have increase in your life it's not because the circumstances align it's because he makes the increase and he gave you the seed why does he do that? Because he loves you. It's not despite you. I'm so, I hear that all the time. I'm so tired of hearing that from people. <laughs> he does not do anything despite you. He does everything because of you. He is not putting up with you. He's dancing over you with plans to increase his seeds in your life. Period. He's crazy in love with you. He did not willingly have himself be tortured and die because he's putting up with you. If you interpret anything in your life Anything God's doing in your life, from anything besides his overwhelming love over you, you interpret it from any other filter, you will have the wrong one. I promise. If you interpret anything you read in this book from anything other than his desire to draw you to himself because he's nuts about you and has plans for you, you will have the wrong interpretation. You will end up with a tormented, demented religion like the guy in the parable of the talents. You'll think he's a hard man. You'll hoard your seed. You will not have blessing and increase in your life. And it's not because he's not good. It's because of the seeds of the enemy. So you understand if you interpret anything, anything in your life from your good God, from any other filter besides love, it means it's a different filter, which means it's not God's, which means it's seeds of the enemy that are trying to take your inheritance. And it stops now. Do you want it to stop now? 
Okay, let me pray for you. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for a good word. I thank you for showing up. I thank you for filling this with your life. And I just pray, Lord, that these seeds would not be stolen in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that... um, that these seeds would already be bearing increase. I command in the name of Jesus that all spirits right now over everyone here that are speaking words outside of your love, that are giving them graven images of you, that, that are the false images of you being a hard God that is ready to discipline them when they mess it up, that that would be bound in the name of Jesus right now. These lies will no longer have root in this body and these people from this time forward in the strong name of Jesus, in the authority of the throne. Father, for those who need healing in places so that they can believe your truth instead instead of keep these lies, I pray that you would bring them into healing that you would begin creating relationships, bringing them to the ministries that they need to receive that healing of yours. And Father, I pray that you would pour out anointing to release your seeds. Okay, I have a word over you. Listen, this, this is a word. The Lord wants to tell you right now that you either already have seeds in your hand that he's been planting. He understands that they might be scary. They might seem big or impractical or impossible, but he has given you the seed and he is asking you to step. And if you need him to increase your faith, you can ask him. But he wants you to take the seed and if you, if you don't have this seed, there are some of you, I know that there are some of you here today that in which he is about to give you a seed. He wants you to be open. He wants you to be waiting with your hand open so that he can hand you the seed and give him your faith. Lord, I pray a blessing over these seeds. We ask that you would protect them, that you would make us sensitive to your spirit so that when you give us the seed, we can recognize that it's your promise. It's your opportunity. And Lord, I pray that they would have the strength and the faith and the ability to receive it and step in obedience so your promise can be released. In the name of Jesus, we pray from that throne of authority where all authority comes from. Amen.